There's nobody like the church of the living God. Praise God. I'd like to direct your attention here. Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to start reading in verse number 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. I want you to notice that before God ever populates he first creates the environment. Because environment is everything. If purpose is to be truly in alignment with God, it cannot be separated from environment. And so fish... spoken into existence to swim in the sea and fowls are spoken into existence that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living thing that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. Now this is ladies and gentlemen, this is this is in the face of evolution. I didn't give very many amens, but that's okay. We're just kind of going slow right now. God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the, ver were, I'm sorry, were the fifth day. And God created the fowl that they may fly above the earth. That sticks out to me. I want to talk to us about flightless birds. Flightless birds. Let's put our Bibles down. What an incredible I'm not just being dramatic here this morning. There, if you're visiting with us, you probably already can sense that there is, there is a presence of God amongst this people. Let's lift our hands and give God great praise. And let's pray for this service today. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, we've come to give you great praise and great glory. We exalt you. We magnify you. We recognize your presence. Here today, God, I pray that you'll speak to every heart, every life, every situation. 
There's people that walked in here today with all kinds of complications, all kinds of dead-end predicaments, but God that knoweth all things. God bless you. You may be seated. Man, I just feel a Bible study spirit. Now, that is not that is not the introduction to nap time. As I've already mentioned in your hearing, you are, we're kind of just jumping in the middle of chapter number one here, which is the history of creation. And God is speaking things into existence. That's how effortless it is. And I'm using anthropomorphic terminology because that's all we have to describe some things about God. But it's virtually effortless for God to change your world by simply speaking. And without going through and, and laying the foundation of every day, because what's happening is, is God, God created in such a way that he created the unseen before he creates the seen. Um, which is good for us to know, because your answer is not always visible. God, the very first thing that God does is he separates light from dark. And these are spiritual realities. This is not physical light. Physical light does not exist until the third day of creation. This is invisible realities. Light being truth and darkness being everything other than truth. And God called this the first day. And God begins to build on that reality because that is the nucleus of all genuine existence is that we are tied to the, to the supernatural. We are anchored into the invisible. When people walk into Cornerstone, and I've heard this many times, and I'm not, I'm not trying to cast this out there and plant something in your mind, but I've heard from many, many people throughout uh, the last 25 years, that when they come to Cornerstone, they can feel and sense the supernatural, and they sense the presence of God. And I will just stop long enough to say that I, I can think of no higher compliment to a people than to know that when I was with you, I felt the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because we are anchored in the invisible. We are not anchored in the 21st century. We are not anchored in the present. We are not anchored in the here and now. Our lives are not lived capriciously, uh, cast about with every wind of doctrine, with every decision of Congress, with every predicament of impeachment, but we are anchored in a reality, in a God that changes not. And you will understand that the more that you're, the reality of your life 
your, your, your mentality, your emotional being, your spiritual well-being, the more that you, you are able to convert that over to invisible reality, that is one of the ways that you can determine your own maturity level. That you are not, you're, you're not ready to go out and do something stupid because something stupid happens in the flesh. That's how Satan programs people. Is he programs people that, that, um, that are directed that way. And he just thinks that I, as long as I keep up, you know, there's always a drama, there's always a crisis, there's always a situation. And this keeps people wringing their hands, paranoid, fearful. But when you get into the spirit, you realize God has not given us a spirit of peer, fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Let's clap our hands and give him praise and thank him for that. Your answer is in the spirit. And so God begins to lay this, this nucleus of reality that is in the spirit, and it begins to reverberate out, and this incredible environment called earth, God begins to mold and shape and speak things into existence, waters and continents and grass and cloud cover and so on and so forth. But on the fifth day, we see that God is now speaking to these environments. God never determined or purpose for these environments not to have life. God never created an environment not to be populated. He always, when he does something, it's, it's, it's for a purpose. And here on day number five in verse number 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life. I'm telling you, all God has to do is speak it. And it brought forth fish. Amen. And then after there were fish that came into existence, then God spoke to the atmosphere. And he said, foul that they may fly. He not only creates the entity, but he also gives it its purpose. Whereas fish are to be uh, abundant and moving creatures that have life. God speaks to the air that fowl, that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. So God not only creates the entity, but God also speaks and gives it purpose and gives it perimeter of existence, that, that your purpose is to fly. Your purpose is to fly above the earth. And then a continuation in verse number 21. If you still have your Bible open, it said, And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which uh, the waters brought forth abundantly. Notice that God spoke to the environment. God did not just speak and say, I want there to be creatures. God spoke to the waters. God spoke to the air. God should be able to speak to a church and it bring forth abundantly. Oh, somebody clap your hands. The church is intended to grow. And the waters obeyed. They brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. 
And then God blessed the fish, and God blessed the fowls, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the fowl multiply in the earth, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. fact, they did just that, because zoologists tell me today that there are 54,000 species of fish. There are 4,629 species of animals, and there are 10,000 species of birds in the world today. So the animal kingdom obeyed God. Even a donkey in the Word of God can obey God. Our struggle is to get the mass of humanity to obey God. Hallelujah. Now, I am not going to throw a bunch of words out there to make you think that I'm real smart because I already know my vast limitations and you already know the pastor is not real smart. He doesn't hear real good. But I, as a 12-year-old boy, I was what they call an amateur ornithologist. And that simply means I was a bird watcher. And I have always been fascinated with birds. Um, first it was dinosaurs, and then it was birds. And I became so fascinated with birds that I actually... Uh, began to catch them and tried to raise them. There was a lot of birds that died because I didn't know what I was doing. And confession is good for the soul. I hope God will overlook uh, me climbing up in trees and taking birds out of nests because I was fascinated with birds, but I really didn't know what I was doing. I read everything I could get my hands on, but I eventually I became a falconer where I was dealing specifically with predators, birds of prey, to where I had uh, the backyard uh, that I was raised in made all kinds of racket. My parents put up with it for a while. Uh, and then I got in trouble and they said, get rid of all your birds, which I did. So, But I was always fascinated with birds. I don't know why. Maybe God put that there. But there's 10,000 species of birds in the world today. And... One of the things that, that fascinates me about zoology and about animals is that there are transitional species in the animal kingdom. Now, uh, Charles Darwin believes that environment is enough to change a species so that a species can adapt to its environment. And he, he cited uh, in his book of Origin of Species, which is extremely um famous book. It, it, it changed several, well, more than several generations of thought about creation, that they were able to find a finch that because of the way that they gathered seeds and the way that they harvested nuts, they were able to see a variation out of the same species that one particular, um, ask, one particular finch had grown an elongated beak for the purpose of getting these seeds. 
where other finches of the same species did not. And so there's other things. But Charles Darwin looked at this as a missing link and a step towards the proof of evolution. I want to tell you, in the sight of, of God and, and all of you wonderful people, evolution is a bunch of baloney. There's only one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's only one God. He spoke this whole thing into existence, and he created everything after its kind. Oh, clap your hand and lift your voice with me. It might be popular in university. It might be popular on the internet. It might be popular on YouTube. But God spoke everything into existence with the word of his own power. to torture cats, but we'll save that for another message. Hey, that's under the blood. I still don't like them, but I don't torture them. Hallelujah. But a bird is a bird and is always going to be a bird. And a fish is a fish and is always going to be a fish. However, and I don't know why God did this, but God can do whatever he wants to do. But God has allowed there to be evidences of special characteristics of animals that are only found in other animals. For example, the marsupial. Does anybody know what a marsupial is? Okay. Um, a kangaroo. And there is a whole, there, there are numerous species that could be described as being marsupials that carry uh, their, their young in a special pouch. And then you have amphibians that they're not really fish and they're not really reptiles. They're just kind of in the middle. But an amphibian will always be an amphibian. An amphibian is not going to be a fish. An amphibian is not going to be a reptile. And you're probably thinking, I didn't know I was going to hear this at church today. Just hang on. You're going to hear some good things before I'm done today. But I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to say that there are freaks of nature. There are oddities in the animal kingdom that even zoology today is having a hard time classify because they live in the water, yet they live on the land. That's amphibians. And they, there are animals that carry pouches, and, and, and they have a, in their entire gestation period, and the birth of that child is in a pouch. And those are called marsupials, and I could go all day because of the varied wonder and awesome power of God and his imagination. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. But notice with me that these, these transitional species, if I could put it that way, that, that like an amphibian, that it's not a fish and not a lizard, but yet... They can live. They can kind of have a duality of environment. Uh, they, they are doing exactly what God created them to do. They are never going to be anything else but that. However, with all of the multiplied examples that we have in the animal kingdom, nothing is as perplexing as flightless birds. Hallelujah. They represent an oddity. They are freaks of nature because... We can see here on the fifth day of creation that God specifically said that birds were created to fly. 
They were created to use their wings to fly above the earth. Hallelujah. And they are an oddity that no zoologist, no doctor, no university professor has ever been able to figure out why they exist. There are 40 species of flightless birds in the world today. Uniquely and interestingly, half, almost half of the, of the birds that are now extinct on the face of the planet were flightless birds. Which by the end of this today, you're going to understand why that is. But almost half of all the extinct birds are flightless birds. Some of the flightless birds that you may understand readily here today uh, is the ostrich, the emu, the penguin, the kiwi. They're cute. They're fuzzy. Don't try to pet an ostrich. I've heard that they're nasty. Hallelujah. Evolutionists will tell you that the animal kingdom, especially flightless birds, will tell you that they are an example of evolution, that they learn to adapt to their environment. Nothing could be further from the truth. The reality of it is, is no flightless birds are found in the northern hemisphere. Every single one of them are found in the southern hemisphere, south of the equator. Penguins are not found on the North Pole. Out of the, out of the 19 species of penguins, amen, they only live in the South Pole. Ostrich, although the heaviest and the largest of all flightless birds, they only live in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know why that is, but God knows. Hallelujah. The reason why flightless birds are extinct, the ones that have been extinct, is because they build their nests on the ground. And they are subject to jackals and other birds that eat their eggs and eat their young. They nest on the ground. They have the inability to escape other than running. And there are much quicker animals, predators in the animal kingdom that are able to prey on flightless birds. But let me remind you what the Word of God said. That God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and the fowl that may fly above the earth. So my question to this intelligent congregation is, why do flightless birds, and we're not talking about one species, we're not talking about one phylum, we're not talking about one, uh, one classification of taxonomy in which there'd be one example that might encourage evolutionists, but you have, you have multiplied species of flightless birds. What do they represent, seeing that fish were made for the sea? And birds were made for the open firmament. I believe that God created these flightless birds from the beginning. Because there's even prehistoric uh, bone structures that we have uh, from paleontology that let us know that there were flightless birds that go all the way back to prehistoric times. I believe that God created them so that we could understand that they're not really doing exactly what they were designed to do, that they are easy prey for predators, and they cannot escape from predators. But you and I, as children of God, you have given, been given wings. You have been oh.
I believe that flightless birds prove to the human race that there are some creatures out there that don't really fit into a classification and that they are proving that they have to resort to other means because they cannot protect themselves. Hallelujah. I consider all of this today. I don't go to uh, I don't go to the university for my answers, but I, as I begin to muse and I consider these things, I recognize that there is a vulnerability that is built in to being a flightless bird that, that subjects them to limitations, specially speaking. Hallelujah. God created them that way. But I want to tell you, God created you and I that we can wing our way into the presence of an almighty God. That with every trial, he maketh a way of escape. Hallelujah. In fact, let me use the word of God to reveal to us what we were created for. In Job 22 and 26, the Bible says, lift up thy face unto God. In Psalm 24 and 9, lift up thy heads, O ye gates, and, and let the King of glory come in. Psalm 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. God gave you a mouth to praise him. God gave you hands to raise them. God gave you feet to use for him. God gave you a heart to be filled with him. God gave you a mind to have the mind of Christ. God gave you a spirit so you would have the Holy Ghost. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. You were not created for pornography. You were not created for pleasure. You were not created for this world. You were not created for sin. You were not created to be selfish. You were not created for iniquity. You were not created for transgression. You were created to give God the praise. Lift your hands right now. That's the highest purpose of your hands. It's not to hold a cigarette and not to hold a magazine and not to hold a channel selector, but to give God the praise. Oh, open thou my lips and my mouth shall forth show forth thy praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Profanity and cursing and evil communication is the misuse of your tongue. But the highest purpose of your tongue in this place today is to lift it up and say, God, you're worthy of all the praise Thank God for health. Thank God for breath. Thank God for a conscious mind. Thank God for a tongue that doesn't have cancer. Thank God for a mouth that still has teeth. Clap your hands and give him praise. You see, Cornerstone is an environment. Not where you can come in and feel bad and feel guilty and feel condemned week after week. That's the misuse of the environment that's been created here. This environment was not created to make you feel bad about your lifestyle and feel bad about your life. But it's rather to create an environment where you can come out of a world that you were never designed for. You were never designed for tobacco. You were never designed for drugs. You were never, oh, somebody help me out tonight. 
You were never designed to be directionless. You were never designed to be passionless. You were never The environment has been created that you can spread your wings and you can fly into the presence of the Almighty God. Let's lift our hands. Let's pray right now. God, I'm praying that somebody can find their original purpose and their real God-given purpose in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Our hands are not to be raised over a goal that's made at a soccer game. Your hands were not to be raised for some rap star, rock star, country star. Your hands are to be raised to the one that sits on the throne, on the circle of the earth, on the meridian of eternity. Your feet are not for running at the big race in downtown Spokane every May, but it's for running the aisles and giving praise to God. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you run these aisles, ladies and gentlemen, that is a witness to our visitors. And I've heard from many people that say, you know, I've never seen this before. It looks like it's out of order. It's not out of order. If you recognize, there goes an ex-drug addict, and there, there goes an ex-alcoholic, and their marriage was on the rocks, and they were about to lose their mind, and they were on psychotropic drugs, and they were, by his strength, I have leaped over a wall and run through a troop. The highest purpose in your body is to be used for the glory in the environment of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Somebody. I'm not reserving this for my job. I'm not reserving this for a select few. I'm not reserving this for a sporting event. I'm not reserving this for depression. I'm not reserving this for bitterness. I'm going to give it all to God with everything I got. Go ahead and shout with a voice of triumph. My voice is not for complaining. My voice is not for fault finding. My voice is not for criticism, but it's for giving praise to the almighty God. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time and give him praise. You can act like everything's in order. All I got to do is watch some people, and I can tell you, you're not adjusted to your environment. I'm not, I'm not here to say you got to run the aisles to prove you got the Holy Ghost. 
but every single expression for your body is found in the Word of God. problem is, people are in danger of becoming flightless. A prayerless child of God is like a flightless bird. A praiseless child of God is like a flightless bird. When we enter into our time of prayer, it should not be a time of reciting all of the depression and all of my problems. But at some point, if you'll stay there, God's going to produce an environment. And your wings are going to wing your way into the presence of the Almighty God. You may have walked in here today and say, I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like lifting my voice. But when you feel the environment, that's what those things are made for. You can sit there if you want to, like a caged bird. But I made up my mind a long time ago. I was born free, and I'm going to stay free. Somebody shout. Sometimes you ought to do it just because you can. Somebody asked one guy why he climbed all of the major peaks over 8,000 meters in the world. And his response was, because I can. Why am I worshiping God today? Because I'm not in ICU. I'm not in an automobile accident. Because I can. Come on, flap your wings. Exercise your wings. Come on, the trumpet's about to sound. You better be used to using your wings. Oh, that's just emotionalism. Oh, that's just works. That might be true in a ball game. That might be true with the NFL. But, honey, you can't pay people enough to become a spectacle by the power and a witness to the glory of the Almighty God. We came here to Spokane, Washington for one reason and one reason alone, to provide all of you with a demonstration of the Almighty God that he can bring you out. He can keep you out. He can bring you up. He can keep you up. Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet. Come on, man, use those wings. If you got wings, use them. The devil clipped your wings, remind him where he's going. This ain't a church of flightless birds. The one thing we need is the air traffic control around here. But bless your heart, you're not going to trim the wings of the church. Because one day when that trumpet sounds, my wings better be exercised. I better be living right. I better be looking up. I better be listening.
I understand all that. I understand questioning what's all this about in this church. I understand questioning all this stuff. I walked into a church like this and saw people celebrating the presence and the environment. See, the problem with most churches is in getting closer to the world because they're all competing on who's got the best program, who's got the best audiovisual, who's got the best seminary trained speaker, that you're creating an environment. And if that environment, see, most people think, oh, yeah, I, I want this kind of environment. I want an environment that's intellectual and not spiritual. I want an environment where it, it, things look normal and it looks just like the people on the job. It looks pe like people that live next door. See, our problem is, as human beings is we judge what the proper environment is by our own condition. You have to understand that you're not going to have all the understanding, Brother Oswald. There's some things God's going to require you to obey before you have intellectual understanding. Well, I don't know why I got to do that. And I know I see it in the Bible, but I don't know why I got to do that. There's some things that you got to come to. Don't you dare call it works. It's called obedience. And when you obey a world of revelation that you never knew was there, a world of understanding that the normal carnal mind cannot perceive, and that's what guides your steps. And that's what guides your praise. And that's what guides your eyes. And that's what guides your heart. And that. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. Come on, Cornerstone. We're creating an environment where people can be raised from the dead and blinded eyes can be open and stopped ears can be open. It's all built on the environment. A real apostolic church. We have some visitors here today, and I, I would never, you could never pay me enough money to offend you. But I'm just giving you my own observations. Probably the biblical example of this that fits really good right here is there's a guy at the gate beautiful. He's homeless. Homelessness is a big deal. Couldn't hold down a job. He was a cripple. And so they brought him to the gate beautiful. There were religious people that walked by him every single day, even on the Sabbath. They heard that little tinkling cup every single time that they were passing in their way to go in to the temple. This man, because of the conditions of a cripple never being allowed to enter in to the temple, goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Anybody that had any kind of physical malady or impediment was not allowed to go into the presence of God. And so here's a guy saying, I'm as close as I could possibly get. And I got this tinkling little cup. And I guess I'll never find out what it means to stand on legs and lift my hands and lift my voice. But an apostolic walks by. All those people on drugs in our world, 
They're coping with spiritual darkness the best they know how. Don't put down some guy on the sign that's got a cardboard. I've I seen one guy had a piece of cardboard that said, why lie? I need a beer. Okay, well, I appreciate your honesty, but I'm not going to give you any money to destroy yourself. But if you've got a little kid there and he hasn't had a cheeseburger in two days, I may stop and give you $10. Well, you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, but God's seen my heart. There are people trying to cope with spiritual blackness. But I'm going to tell you what, if you'd roll down the window and give him a church card and say, where are you going to be on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning? You tell me what corner you're at. Bring your cardboard sign. Bring your bedroll. Bring your old nasty smelling shoes. Because we're going to take you into an environment where you can shed all that, where you can put all of it down. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. You need to be in this environment. You need to be free. You need to leap. You need to dance. You need to shout. And he leaped up and ran into the temple and shouted and was in another environment. Go ahead and flap your wings and give him praise. Dude, there ain't no flightless birds around here. There's an environment to give you redemptive lift. There's an environment here to bring you to an exalted position. There's an environment here so that you're above and not beneath. You're in an environment here so you can get closer to God and farther away from the earth. Church is a drug-infested, parasite-infected human being. I've seen guys run in the aisle. One guy just jumped out of his chair and went, and I thought, one guy, man, is running like, like Geronimo. I'm, and if you're Native American, I don't mean that to belittle you. I never seen liberty before. I never seen an environment. See, for you to lift your hands at any sporting event is the misuse of your power and your choices. Because that's for God, it's not for man. But if the devil can do, do, get you to do that for a lesser God, he's got you right where he wants you. It doesn't matter if all them rap stars making $100 million a year are drug-infested fornicators. It doesn't matter if all those sporting guys have got children out of wedlock and they're making $50 million a year. We're entertained because the environment is all about entertainment. The danger in being a flightless bird if you're not exercising your wings in prayer and you're not exercising your wings in praise, then you become endangered to the predators that are on terra firma. 
And one of the reasons why, almost half of the, of the birds that are on the endangered species list are because they tried to raise a family next to the world. Birds that have wings make them in the highest lofty reaches of the branches, which is further away from carnality and closer to the God of glory. If you're thinking, i got to have a television in my home because I don't want my kids to miss anything. Oh, they may not miss anything in this world, but they may miss revelation and understanding and the glory of which humanity was created for. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Well, pastor, you know, I just I got to do a little bit. You're on the ground. And that's why there's crosshairs on you. And that's why you may be a casualty of revival. Somewhere you need to say, God, help me to get these wings. Help me to get some lift. Help me to get some exaltation. Help me. Help me to get away from my problem. Help me to get away from my addiction. Help me to get away from the predator. Week after week, an environment is created for you to raise your kids in the atmosphere of glory. Let's lift our hands and thank God for that. If, they, if they'll see mom and dad rise on the air currents of glory, it's a lot easier to convince your children that this is for them as well. If they see mom and dad just lose themselves, in the presence of glory, it's a lot easier to bring your kids into the unfettered worship of the correct environment. to a church exactly like this one. And I thought, this is weird. I've seen people run, but just not in church. I've seen people spin, because that's what hallucinogenics do to you. Just not in the church. Oh, I've seen people lift their hands, because I played in the clubs every week. I've seen people lift their voice. And I said, you know, you guys can do whatever you want to. You ain't never going to get me do that stuff, Brother Daniel. You ain't, gonna, you ain't never going to see me run. You're never going to see me jump up and down. You're never going to see me run around these aisles with my voice at the top of my lungs. And while I sat there unregenerated, I could do that. But the problem was, when the environment got created, I started feeling something that I felt on dope. And I never felt just moseying up to a bar stool 
And I never felt in some fornication one night stand. I felt something that was coming all over me. And I thought, what is that? And they said, just give yourself to that. You'll be elevated from your addiction. You'll get elevated from your bitterness. You'll get elevated from the hot hounds of hell that are chasing you in the darkness. You'll get elevated. And honey, I came back after receiving the Holy Ghost, and I was running the aisles out in front of everybody. Somebody lift your hands and give him praise. Oh, I love this environment. your vulnerability to the predators. When a child of God is praiseless, you become vulnerable to the fake aerodynamics of an idolistic world. In the book of Revelations, chapter number 4, begin reading in verse number 6, John the Revelator said, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Verse number 5. And the first beast was like unto a lion, and the second beast like a young bull. I know it says calf there, but in the original it's a young bull, and there's a reason for that. And the third beast is the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like unto a flying eagle. Around the throne, in several chapters here, there are teraphims and seraphims and Cherubims cover their eyes, cover their feet, and say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. But right next to the throne, there are four anthropomorphic or created illustrations of how God sees the various dimensions of a child of God. When you get into spiritual warfare, you are not like a lamb. You might be a lamb when you're under spiritual authority with the ease of being led into spiritual things. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, you are like a lion. 
The Bible tells me in 1 Peter chapter number 5 that your adversary is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. When you get into those moments where you think you're just about to be devoured, you need to pray and turn loose the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he only comes by praise. Judah is praise. You only loose the lion that's greater than the devil through praise. Somebody go ahead and, well, I don't feel nothing. You don't know what's good for you. You're a sitting duck. You're going to be a casualty before this is over unless you learn to turn loose the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. You find your spiritual place in the kingdom of God. That calf or that young bull is used several times in the gospel as the ox that treadeth the corn. When you have found purpose in God, and the reason why Jesus said, He that hooks his plow to the ox and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. When you hook up to God and you have now become that beast of burden, you've got to draw straight lines. Well, you know, a little bit of TV's not bad. and A little bit of sports ain't bad. That ain't a straight line. That's a line that weaves all over the place. People are not looking for wobbly lines. People are not looking for backslidden Pentagon. People are looking for a straight line so they can fulfill the will of God and grow crops in a straight line. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Your purpose is to be straight. Your direction is to be straight. Your lines are to be straight. These are the beasts, the creatures that are right next to the throne. The environment in which you're saying holy, holy, holy. Right at the throne are these four creatures that represent the dimensions of a child of God. Spiritual warfare, you release the line of the tribe of Judah. When you find something to do for God, it's not in and out. We're here now, we're here there. I'm here today, not there. It's a straight line dividing light from dark. The third was the face of a man. Because only people can really reach people. And it's a face of compassion as a minister of reconciliation. But the fourth, the fourth had the face of an eagle. An eagle that wasn't perched on some lofty pinnacle but an eagle in flight because when you're in the Holy Ghost in that real environment of God's glory 
You can see things that they that are on the ground will never be able to see. Your perception will become exalted. The degree of revelation will separate you from the carnal and the backslidden. Your viewpoint is much different because you can see what's coming and you can see where you've been. When you get into the Holy Ghost as the face of an eagle, you've got an elevated view that this never gets boring. I might be fighting today, but I know there's an eagle waiting on me. I might be the lion today, but there's an eagle waiting on me. I might have to be given a Bible study as flash, but there's an eagle waiting on me. Clap your hands if you've ever ridden the currents of revelation and spiritual understanding. I can't exist without this. Brother Wokey, I could never exist on a regular, everyday, denominationally accented Pentecostal church. You're robbing yourself of what this is truly all about. A little bit is tolerated, and I can just, I can kind of do both. No, you're either on one side or another. Kidding yourself. But once you ever get a taste of riding on the currents in an environment like this today, you'll never be ashamed. You'll never be afraid. You'll never worry about what everybody's going to think. How do you know they're thinking bad? They might be thinking, I wish I could do that. I wish I could smile. If I smile, you can say, that dude needs a dentist. That still ain't going to hide my teeth. You can't hide joy. You can sit there if you want to. But if you ever get into this environment that God created you for, you'll ride the currents of glory from faith to faith and victory to victory. One more time, let's clap our hands and give him praise. I'm almost done. Bible tells us that it's worth it to desire this, even if you don't have it today. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31, but they that wait upon the Lord, now let me tell you what that means. That does not mean, well, God, don't get me a wife in about three days, I'm out of here. You know, they got a big singles group over to the big box. That's how some people shop churches in America. Some people are shop programs. You know, Americans have been trained. I want the most of the week. You know, I want this, 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 and this, but I don't want to have to give nothing. Don't get quiet on me. I'm not preaching at you. Well, maybe I am. I want the most for the least. I mean, that's what our culture has trained us. $9.95, you can get it now. $19.95. Waiting is not putting a clock on God. Waiting is like a servant. 
I may not have my answer yet, but it ain't going to stop me from serving God. to wait on God. Come on, somebody. I'm going to wait on God. I may not have my answer yet, but God's faithful. It's coming. I may not have my healing yet, but God cannot lie. I got scripture for it. I may not be out of the cave with a den of lions, but God is going to come through and silence the mouth of the lion. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm going to keep on doing exactly what I know to do until something changes. Put that scripture back up there, please. Just leave it up there. But they that wait on the Lord. You know why some people never get their healing and never get the renewing? Because you only do it when you feel like it. This book. This scripture is telling me if you'll go ahead and do it because it's the right thing to do, you'll feel what you always wanted to feel. You know, Pastor, I don't really feel like this today. The devil's got me back into a corner and all this A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And so I'll just sit here like a bump on a log. The Bible said if you really want to feel your strength, go ahead and do what you know to do. I'm going to go ahead and serve. If you think I feel like coming to this pulpit every single time, it's my responsibility to preach that I've got goosebumps on top of my goosebumps. I sure got them today, but I don't always feel that. But, honey, if I'll just go and do my responsibility after a while, whoo, thank you, Jesus. He just showed up. God wanted to see if you were going to do it. God wanted to see if you were going to do what you were supposed to do. Let everything, let everything. There ain't no rock star going to outpraise me. There ain't no football, basketball star going to outpraise me. You ain't got to feel nothing. It's the right thing to do. Just remain standing. I'm almost done. But if we will wait upon the Lord, God, how may I serve you today? They will renew their strength. They shall mount up with as. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. Redemptive lift. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They shall run. That's what your legs were made for. They, They will not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. His strength comes. His glory comes. His environment finds me. Let's lift our hands all over this building today. I didn't come here to put you down. I came here to create an environment where you can get free. Free from your cage. Self-imposed. Bars. Self-imposed. Well, I'm just not the running type. Okay. How about the shouting type? I'm not that either. Um giving type eh. we'll find something on here where you could just give all of your expression let's lift our hands one more time and give him glory 
There's an environment here today that was made for wings. There are no flightless birds in the kingdom. They're a physical type to the church of what happens when you don't exercise what God gave you. Not so fast. Let's praise him. Let's take a moment. There may be people visiting with us here today. You can feel those air currents. You can feel that. Because God goes beyond the philosophical and the intellectual mind. Goes, God goes beyond the, the guard that's up. God goes beyond all of the religious prejudice. God goes beyond everything. Under the sound of my voice today, nobody that's truly a child of God is flightless. But there are dangers in not using what we have. But as I began to consider this, I realized it might not be an unwillingness at all. It might not be a love for the world. It might not be sin. It might not be anything, Brother David. It might be that your wings are damaged. But the Bible tells me in the book of Malachi But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Let's lift our hands. It is the will of God that your wings be healed here today. Come on, let's lift our voices. In fact, this altar's open. If you need healing in your wings, you can flap, but there's no elevation. You move them, but there's no ascension. Maybe you're visiting with us and you're saying, you know what, this is, this is incredible. I want this, I want this, I want this. We invite you down to this altar here this afternoon. Come, come. Cornerstone, invite somebody with you and bring them with you in Jesus' name. in this building. Well, Pastor, I, I feel uncomfortable coming to the front of this church. Right where you're standing. God can arise with healing in his wings. The healing in his, in his wings is for wings. So that we can take flight. So that we can pray again. We can praise again. We can experience that elevation of revelation. Come on, lift your hands. Let's pray together.